The short game is listener-supported on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and join us on our Discord, head to theshortgame.net or patreon.com slash theshortgame. Welcome back to The Short Game, the show about short video games, games that respect your time. I'm Reagan Kelly, and I'm joined this week by my original co-host, Nate Heininger. Wow, <laughs> what a title. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, it was it was you and me, and then That's right. my, my brother as an afterthought. And then eventually we thought the show should be good, so we brought in Laura, and here we are, uh, 300 and... I think this is going to be episode the 350th episode. Yeah. Not including some, you know, variety extras that didn't yeah. get numbered. 350th mainline episode, so yeah. here we are. Long time. Yeah. Uh, here we are, and we're talking about a game that... Uh, I was really interested in playing mostly based on the strength of its art because if you put a game with black and white one-bit art in front of me, I will want to play it. That is a style that gets directly into my brain and makes yep. me want to play it. Uh, and uh, this is uh, Under Dungeon. And I honestly don't remember where I saw this first. I think I saw it um, post. Somebody posted like a, a trailer on Mastodon or something like that, and I just saw the one-bit art and added it to my list. Yeah, and that was really what compelled me to once you you sort of shared it with us. I love games of this type, and that pixel art was gorgeous. So I thought, yeah, let's give it a shot and uh, played it on my Steam Deck, which was a great way to play it. Um, And I think we have a lot of thoughts on this game, but I will say that the, uh, the reason we wanted to play it was the pixel art, and it definitely delivered. So. Yes, yeah, the pixel art is fantastic. Uh, this is a uh, mostly top-down sort of Zelda-style flip-screen adventure game. So you are playing as a little guy named uh, Kimuto. Um, I believe he's meant to be a cat, but really he looks like Kirby with ears. He's kind <laughs> of like a round body, a little yeah. sphere. Actually, you know what I was reminded of a lot, and maybe it was also just because it's the the like one-bit art, but like those uh, ZX Spectrum like. Um, egg games what was that guy's name it's like a a retro game thing with with a with an egg protagonist that's like you're the only person i know who would know the answer to this so (laughs) 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 oh what's it called um uh i'll think of it 30 minutes into this episode i'm just gonna yell you know it's, it's like egg bird or something but it's not that it's um uh dizzy dizzy, dizzy. all right reminds me of dizzy because for the zx spectrum because it's a british um uh like series of of like platform adventure games um that was a comment for no one thank you but, but this guy <laughs> looks like a looks like an egg with little little sphere hands and little sphere feet and little cat ears uh and uh he is exploring a one bit black and white styled pixel art world that very much reminds me of the sort of uh ZX Spectrum or maybe Macintosh uh you know, original graphical right. era. Um but the gameplay is a lot more in line with like the NES style. It's got the the you know the flip screens, so you know, move from one screen to the next and the the screen will sort of scroll all in one go. No, no like smooth scrolling between areas. Um and uh top down Zelda style exploration. Um but it's got a kind of a funny uh like 
it's it's got a very kind of uh, modern feel to its humor and kind of uh, story, I guess, set up. Yeah, I think the game, uh, like a lot of games, but this one in particular, is heavily influenced by Undertale. I've wondered if the uh, title is even hmm. maybe a reference to that. You know, um, I didn't really think about Undertale while I was playing it. I guess you're right. I mean, I mean but there's I, a part I, where you're a little heart dodging things on the screen. So, oh, I, you know, that was like a clear like <laughs> reference. Yeah. So that yeah. was it. Does have a moment where it like does it what seems to be a very specific Undertale nod. Yeah. But I don't know. It uh, it feels more in. I mean, the it, it's very obvious to say that it's Zelda inspired. It looks so Zelda y. Sure. Um, but it, it just, it seems more like, mm, I'm not sure what to, what to say about it other than that. It's, it's definitely like, uh, got the sort of top down action adventure thing going. And, uh, you know, there's lots of those now. There are some things that happen later in the game too, that I, I don't really want to spoil. That makes me think it was, um, you know, pretty inspired by trying to do something similar to undertale, Mm. um, interacting with the player, and stuff like that yeah Um, i should probably say right up front nate has finished this game and i have not and we're gonna talk about what we liked about the game first but the main reason i have not was that i played about two and a half hours of this game i don't know how long you think you might have played nate maybe i think it's supposed to be about a four or so probably around four or five hours it was you know a a short game and i kind of fell off of it not because i ran out of time but because i kind of ran out of gas this one um didn't quite grab me very much and we don't often do episodes on games that we just sort of kind of like you know what i mean we we love to love things we love to talk about games that we love um uh, but hey i I hadn't really played anything else this right here you go (laughs) so i've I've been thinking about that too because yeah usually if there's a game that we didn't really care for and though i completed it i am pretty aligned with reagan on my overall opinion on this game um Normally, when we encounter a game like that, we just say, let's not do it for the show because, like Reagan said, we just like to celebrate great games. But I do think uh, this game is still worth discussing because there are some really high highs in this game. Like the the pixel art, like we were talking about, is really, really good. And I think the the sound is good. And I think generally it has a cute vibe and an overall like kind of fun story. It's just ultimately like the gameplay was not super exciting, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Yeah. And specifically the combat like this is a it's a combat focused game. There are puzzles, but they're not super in depth or really all that interesting. They're sort of very basic Zelda style puzzles. Um, And it has some cool twists. We'll talk about those, too. But uh, for the most part, a lot of this game, you are spending exploring dungeons or dungeon like areas and um, you're, uh, you know, going around with a sword or some other more creative. I liked some of the, the weapons in theory, but none of them really just like felt like fun to use. You know what I mean? So let's talk about what you're actually doing in this game. So you play as, uh, Komoto or Kamuto. Um, I was saying saying Kimuto in my, Kimuto. Okay. With a, with a little exclamation point at the end. I don't know. Something about him. Yeah. High energy, Per, uh, thing high energy cat who uh, has gotten a job at a uh, deliver like basically an Amazon um, and you know analogous to Amazon a massive company that delivers anything to anyone anywhere and so you've gotten a job as a delivery person and the sort of frame of this game is that you start in your office headquarters 
There's a bunch of, you know, fun little friends you can meet around in the office headquarters. A lot of jokes on people being overworked and hating their job. And then you get a phone call from someone who needs a delivery and you go and make that delivery. And then every time the there's something going on at these delivery destinations. Yeah. Go and um, deliver to a dungeon, a, yeah. a, a haunted cemetery, et cetera. You're never just going to a house. Yeah. Uh, and, and each of the setups has like, you know, little puzzles to solve in order to get to where you need to be to deliver your package. Yeah. It's a world that is populated by monsters and like part of the delivery job that you take when getting it is they're like you're ready to fight monsters right because that's what we do this kind of a funny joke where they try to give him a sword and he's like no i'm a wizard i can't hold swords i can summon swords and i think it's also supposed to like explain that why he doesn't like (laughs) have why he doesn't have hands you know like why the sword doesn't sit in his hands uh which I thought was a good way to handle like one bit art. Like, yeah, everything here is magic and weird. So yeah, that was a good bit. And, and it, it's, it plays into the, that I think that the, um, the, the combat has one really interesting thing going for it. And that was that I thought the, the weapons had some good variety. I especially thought, so like the first thing you get is a sword, but it doesn't just have the sort of, you know, sword swing feel that you have in a lot of other games. You hit a button and the sword sort of appears and does a very deliberate arc around you um, in a particular direction, you know, whichever direction you're facing. Um, But it's pretty short range and you can't just hammer on it. It always swings at exactly the same kind of deliberate pace. Mm -hmm. And then there's you get other attacks eventually as well. Um, One of the more interesting ones was a sort of bubble attack where you can uh, shoot a bubble at an enemy and uh, if the enemy has been weakened, basically, if you hit them with like a couple of bubbles, then they get trapped in the bubble and float towards the wall, wherever you were pointing. And eventually the bubble will pop and that destroys the enemy or you can go and pop it in advance. Yeah. Um, Which and, is fun. Like I like the, this is where again, that one bit art, like they do some really cool and fun things with it where you trap the monster in a little bubble and it shrinks down and it's spinning and like sort of like sweat bubbles coming out of it. And then it pops and everything you kill drops money. And, and there's a lot of like really cool little design going on in these, in these moments. And yeah, the, the bubble gun I used a fair amount because it gave you actual range. Um, and there's like a chainsaw thing or not a chainsaw but like a little a, like a disc saw you can throw around yeah and- it's a that was interesting it was a it felt like a um a reference to i think rygar is the arc the game it was kind of going for where you have mm-hmm. the like the the axe blade thing that you kind of throw because it had the similar kind of thing where you throw it out and it'll come right back to you like a boomerang or you can throw hold down the button and it sort of stays out for a little while longer yeah um and you also get a hook shot that was yeah. fun to use it um, was fun to use, good. really challenging to actually use in combat. Yeah, uh, because it did it, a lot of damage, and it would then pull you into it would the pull you into the. Yeah, so I was I was rarely using it in combat, but I think they kind of knew that too because there's a later in the game there's a bunch of traversal that requires mm-hmm. the hook shot. So I don't think they necessarily expected you to uh, use the hook shot as a primary. Uh, weapon however every weapon does have a there's a basic attack and then there's sort of a power-up attack that takes 
generally takes it from a like single use attack the thing directly in front of you into a like area of effect attack the entire screen or at least a, a wider range and the hook shots was a really good one yeah so i i did enjoy all of the weapons in theory um you know in actual practice some of them in fact all of them felt a little lackluster to me um but you know it, it, it gets some points for uh for variety with them i think the bubble weapon was something that i don't think i've really it reminded me all of the weapons kind of reminded me of something from other games they always all felt like um like little little nods the bubble weapon really felt like bubble bobble you mm-hmm. know where you are um you know that's a platformer rather than an adventure style thing but like you you do like hit an enemy with a bubble and they get trapped in it and float away and pop in much the same way they do here the axe felt like a rygar thing um the the sword swinger it was you know everything has a sword but it felt very weird it kind of reminded me i've played some like top down shooters that have sword mechanics that work mm. the same way um where it has like it doesn't you, you know it doesn't feel like you're swinging a sword it feels more like you are summoning a sword that does a swipe and then vanishes and it always right. executes exactly the same arc at a kind of a slow speed um the hookshot obviously felt sort of zelda e to me uh, everything has a hook shot in all every every good Zelda has a hook shot. Of course. Don't at me. Um and I'm trying to think, were there any others that I'm missing? Oh, the the weird thing about the um the like the secondary mode or like area of effect things that they did. Mm-hmm. Uh it I wasn't ever really sure how so they 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 have like you have a pool of little crystals that you use or expend to do those. And that felt really weird to me because I wasn't ever really completely sure how those got refilled. I can I can at least explain that, but I agree. Like, I ultimately just didn't use them a lot. Yeah, like, me neither. Sometimes during the boss fights, I would just spam them just because I have them, you know? Yeah, but, but um, it didn't feel worth using them because you had such a limited pool of them. And you could you, you could use items to refill that pool of crystals, but like you'd have like four shots with these things. And, and yeah. they didn't feel like they were, they weren't like screen clearing like, destroying machines they were just like a different kind of attack and you could only do it like four times until you figured out how to how to refill it it felt really um like like there wasn't enough of that and in in order to make it something that i ever like internalized how to use or when to use yeah there's an entire item system with buffs and power-ups and replenishments and whatnot and by the end of the game i was using them pretty regularly but the um, that secondary attack rarely felt worthwhile or mm-hmm. rather it rarely felt necessary. You know, um, it was helpful. There was a couple bosses that were like multiple enemies and it'd be helpful to just spam it and get a few hits on everybody and then sort of focus fire. Um, but for the most part, I never felt like, like, oh, it's a good thing I had this extra powerful additional attack it more felt like, all right, I'm in a fight. I'm going to burn through them all because whatever. And then you get them all back when you die. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, yeah, it never really felt like incredibly valuable. Yeah, kind of weird. I I did really like the settings. Um, every zone you go to had a different theme. Mm-hmm. And some of them were really cute. I especially liked the one that was like full of bats and skeletons and, you know, the spooky uh, house and everything. That was super good. Yeah. Well, I think that kind of speaks to 
one of the other things, just broadly speaking, that I think the game did really well was that variety. You kind of already spoke about all the different weapons. And while we didn't necessarily find them to be particularly useful, like it was still a cool variety. And the variety of settings is really fun in this game and each with its own very unique looking art and a ton of little nice details. And then also there's an interesting attempt at a variety of gameplay. So, you know, for the the majority of the game, the vast majority is this top down Zelda like, um, but there are little things that they pop you into that completely change the game every once in a while. So for instance, there's a section of the game that has you pretty frequently popping into a full 3d space Mm -hmm. uh, where you're going through a maze. Um, It reminded me of that. uh, Also that old game on like, I I think we all had it on like windows or whatever, where you're just dropping into a maze and you have to find those floating orbs. Do you know what I'm talking about? No old man. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'll have to find it. I played it a ton. It, it always felt akin to like, all right, on my computer, I've got ski free. I've got this maze game. I've got, I do remember there was that like uh windows 95 screensaver that this kind of reminded me of too. That was like, looked like, like brick walls and a little maze. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what I'm talking about. Was oh, that just a screen? Was there an actual, was there an actual, actual game for that? Cause I only ever saw it as a screensaver. I don't know. Man. This, on where this like is a wandering around an endless maze of brick walls. And, yeah. This is yeah, a 30 year old memory. Like that. So that might be just what it was. Yeah. yeah. It's, but it, it's fun though, because this is full, you know, one bit art and you're going through a, a 3d space and there's like treasure chests and dripping, uh, you know, walls with foliage growing through the cracks and, and like a, a bunch of good little detail. Uh, yeah. That- and it's not a, that, that actually was maybe more striking than like, I, I like the, the one bit top down pixel art. It was very good, but it also was very like retro and familiar. Right. Um, th- then when you switch into this, you know, well, there wasn't a lot of it, but when you switch into this first person 3D mode, like, I don't think I've seen a lot of games that have this particular aesthetic. It was kind of cool. Um, it, it, I, it, I did, I was reminded of like, I did play a little bit of this one uh, first person dungeon crawling thing called Delver a few years ago. That was kind of like a roguelike hmm. um, that did a similar kind of effect where it was like uh, flat. 2d pixel art but arranged in first person 3d um and not quite the same as like doom it's kind of a it's very distinct aesthetic it's like it's like high res um uh like high res polygons but low res textures i guess Hmm. it's a it's a weird weird aesthetic and it's not something i've seen a whole lot of and i don't know if it would work extended to a whole game here but like i actually think like i was i was quite excited to see that happen there are some shots of that in the trailer so it's not a total surprise um but it it still was quite surprising when you get dropped into it it's like oh i was playing a a top-down 2d thing and suddenly i'm having to kind of like crawl through the walls and find a back way into places in this 3d sort of vent crawling kind of kind of mode um i thought it was pretty cool yeah and it's mixed into a part of the game that is also has sort of a stealth component you know for the most part Mm -hmm. this game is just go into a room clear the room and then you can go to the next spot but they flip it by making you avoid skeletons that are on a defined patrol path and hiding behind boxes and you know sort of 
straight up stealth game, which was a fun subversion of what you'd been doing for through most of the game. Um, you know, sort of a classic. You got caught, all your gear's gone, and now you have to maneuver your way around the the prison before you can get all your shit back, and then go back through it and wreck house, which is always a satisfying thing, mm-hmm. even if it's been done a ton. Um but like again, good variety, like a good blend of things, especially for a four hour game, you know, being able to throw out all these different little mechanics and, and art styles was was fun. Overall, I liked the variety here. I just never got over the hurdle of like finding the fun in the combat. And that really was what brought this game down for me. Like we talked about it a little bit already, but like it, it just feels slow and slippery to me. You know, like you, um, your, your, uh, you know, K- Kimuto, you can move around with the analog stick and he moves fluidly in any direction, but he's not very fast and he doesn't have any like cool moves. You can do a jump that feels a little bit kind of silly, you know? Um, it is funny though it's like fully animated you do like a bunch of flips yeah on each it's, funny. Jump. it's funny to look at but it just yeah. it didn't feel like a good I, like i, I would have liked a dash or something a yeah. dodge roll you know because um, you you can technically with the jump like jump over attacks that's jump true. over bad guys but but similar anything. well that's similarly to the uh to the special attack like i never really used it now i did die a bunch in this game so maybe maybe like both of us just didn't like click with what the combat was intended to be like maybe there was a a style of playing this game that we didn't connect with that included a lot of jumping around and a lot of um area of effect attacks but it never felt like that was the ideal strategy and so i never really clicked with it and yeah i think like ultimately the combat is kind of boring and it is the main part of this game like at least it's the thing you're doing the most yeah like every screen you know enter the room there are three or four or two enemies they're all moving in their own little path and or they may just go straight for you but mostly they're sort of moving around in a predictable way and you go and kill them and usually if you once you damage the enemies a lot of them explode and so you have to watch out for projectiles or they're hurling projectiles for you and you have to get past those on your way to kill them and it it just felt slow and floaty to me most of the time. Yeah, I had a hard time identifying like the hitbox. Like I, I'd be like, I swear I'm hitting this guy. I'm like right, like right next to it. This is one of the problems with like flat, you know, one bit design is that I'm like I, I swear I just hit him, but it didn't register as a hit. And I don't know if I was just like three pixels above too much. I, I don't know. And that is always a frustrating experience. And Ultimately, you know, I think it's a pretty damning that what I found is that unless the combat was required, which it often is the first time you enter into a room, but after that, once you've cleared it, the monsters will come back after you die, but the door that had to be opened by killing the monsters is open permanently, mm-hmm. which is nice, and it ultimately meant that for the most part, I'm just running through these rooms. I avoided combat as much as I could in this game because it just wasn't very fun and it was kind of a time sink. And also dying is kind of annoying, which we'll talk about in a minute. But ultimately, I was avoiding combat. And so, like, in a combat-heavy game, not having fun with it was really a big problem. And then also the 
the puzzles I found to either be like incredibly obvious, like there's a switch over here. So push that box onto the switch or like kind of incomprehensible. And I would kind of get through it through like brute force of just trying things. But like sometimes I'd get through a thing and be like, I don't really know what I did, but I got the door open. Um, and yeah, I felt the, the same kind of way in in some of the areas just navigating because like like that area with where you where you get um, uh, where you lose your weapons and you have to escape um, you know, and yeah. stealth around the, the, the skeletons and everything. Um, it's kind of a complicated map. Um, I kind of just escaped by following the path of least resistance. It didn't really feel like I was exploring a space. It just sort of felt like I was, and that was also a point in the game where like there are maps in this game, but you didn't have a map for that section. And so I never felt like I like internalized the space and where I was, even though it is this pretty simple room to room, you know, move up or left or down kind of thing. it, 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 It just didn't quite click for me. And I sort of like, found a key and unlocked a door and didn't ever really know like where I was looking for or where the door I was trying to unlock was. It just sort of happened. It felt like kind of moving from room to room randomly until I figured my way through. Um, It just didn't quite feel great. Something about it is just off. It's so weird to get into a game like this where we're like, "Ah, it's got a lot to recommend it. And then ah, we're just not having that much fun. It's just not that fun. Why? Yeah. I, I think it needed to be more challenging in a way that was actually satisfying and not mm-hmm. just like tedious. Yeah. Um, and I, that's obviously like really easy to say and harder to execute, you know? So like saying have better puzzles is not super helpful, but like ultimately the type of puzzles you're looking for in a game like this are the ones that make you feel kind of clever when you figure it out or they test the skills that you've acquired through the game, you know, you, mm-hmm the ability your your combat ability or whatever it might be or you've collected the item that you need to do in order to solve the puzzle and for the most part like it never hit any of those boxes it was just either super obvious or in entirely unclear um and i was not really like hooray i'm i'm so smart which is what you want from a puzzle right, right. um and that with the sort of tedious combat really unfortunately led to i think an overall bland experience from a game that is really i think did a lot of the harder stuff correct like the design and the writing and the music like all of that is really really good i just wish it was speaking of the writing one thing we haven't touched on yet is the weird thing that happens every time you or not every time but most of the time when you die in this (laughs) yeah the death like uh if you die in this game um so first of all like I was never sure why this was at first, at least, but like the first time you die, you just come back. But every second time you die, why second time? I don't know. Every other time, um, you have a little conversation with death or a little, little grim reaper, uh, who like scolds you for dying and offers to bring you back. And it's such a strange thing because first of all, like every single time you do that, you have a little chat with death and it has a little bit of funny dialogue for him to say to you, um, which at first was funny and and cute and interesting, but very quickly became annoying because he's got a lot to say every time, like a lot. And you die and you want to jump right back in and you can't because you have to like page through, uh, through a bunch of pages of humorous dialogue and, uh, you know, you feel guilty for just wanting to like punch buttons through it to get back to where you were 
because you're missing something, but you know, it's not, it's not so interesting that you, you know, are looking forward to dying or anything. And then every time he also gives you this choice. And I was really confused on what the meaning of this choice was because um, he gives you an option to either pay him to resurrect you. And he takes half of your money that you've collected, or you can sign a contract and, what does the contract do? It doesn't really say in any clear way. And then I did that. I, I waited pretty late because I was like, oh, you know, I, if you're signing a contract that with death, that can't be good. And then I did it and it brought me back to life and there were no consequences that I could perceive. Yeah. What Did you ever find out what the deal was with that? No idea, Reagan. And it also, I think there's a funny difference between you and I in here because I signed the contract on my second death. <laughs> <laughs> and I also have no idea. Now, I think there is some translation issue going on in this game. Some of the, uh, I, I don't believe English was the native language for this game. And yeah, so I think the developer's first language is Spanish, but I mean, yeah. I, I didn't have any issue understanding the English. There were occasional little translation quirks, or I assume they were, or they might've just been, you know, odd phraseology that, you that, know, I'm wondering know. if there's something there that like, cause I also truly have no idea what signing that contract did for me. Other than that, I didn't have to pay the half my money every time. Which and did, did it just last forever after that? Like, did you? Yeah. Well, you didn't and, have to pay money again. Or? No, never again. And what the heck. But there's the the end of the game, and this is you know big time spoiler territory. Um, death is the character of death is a major part of the ending of the game. So. I am wondering if there would maybe have been a different ending if we hadn't have signed the contract because there Mm -hmm. is, it's like, I don't remember the contract being a specific part of it, but like the ending is all about the character of death. And so maybe that is where the impact is, but I, I really don't know. And yeah, I like the, the death cut scene after every other death, Started as very fun and funny. And that's where I was also thinking it it felt like an Undertale joke, you know, like talking to death and like bargaining for your your ability to come back. And death is a really wacky character, you know, that I think would have fit into like the Undertale world, which is where that kind of comp came from or one of the elements that made me think of Undertale. Um, And there's like little games death has you play. I don't know how much you died. If you got to these where like, it'll have three souls on the screen and you have mm-hmm. to like one of them murdered someone and they're all, you know, it's sort of like true. Who's uh, like one selling the truth and one's telling a lie and you have to deduct who told the truth and who told a lie and who was the murderer. I failed at that miserably. Yeah, I got it, <laughs> but there was nothing like, I don't know. I didn't seem like I got anything for having done that. Um, and there was another one where you're saying, are they a good person or were they a bad person? You're either like damning their soul to hell or, or not. Like there were all these little death games that were like kind of fun and cute in and of themselves in that isolated moment. But it does, it happens every other time you die. And it just gets to the point where you're like, I just want to get back into the game. Eventually, if you die enough, you get to you clearly have exhausted the the like written content and it just goes to like a death answering machine that um, 
like plays the same thing every time. But even that is like three like taps of dialogue of like mm-hmm. getting through this answering machine. So I'm like, like I don't want to get through this answering machine either. You know, it's like I just want like just get me back into the game. Yeah, it it, it was a bit much, especially after you've been, you know, in an area and you're dying a bunch. It's just that that was it was a weird thing because it's like it's a cute and clever idea that that I got tired of very quickly. And, you know, that's the story of this game is it's got a lot of cute and clever ideas that are, you know, lots of good variety, um, but just nothing, nothing had enough sticking power or felt like viscerally cool enough. To, to stick with it so well it kind of it kind of compounds right because like the combat's not super fun so it, you're just trying to get through it and then most of the time i would die it never like, uh, most of the time it didn't really feel like i died because of a lack of like skill you know which i'm usually like i, I don't know like um like a hyper light drifter or whatever you know, like when you die, you're like, well, shit, like they got me. I could be better. Um, I know what I did wrong. I know how I need to improve this game. Every time I died, I was like, Ugh. I just felt like I like didn't like it was too floaty or I could have I should have hit it. I swear I hit it, but like my hitbox didn't line up or whatever, and it killed me. And so then you have that and it goes into yet another full on cut scene with death. Who's going to tell you some extended long piece about the the like the how how tedious it can be how tedious his job can be collecting all these souls this is pretty damning but like i'm trying to remember i can't remember a i i kind of chuckled at some of them but i can't remember a single joke that death told in this game like yeah i don't know trying to remember them and i can't think of it they're like individually kind of funny like if this happened a handful of times i think it would have been fun and cute you know and and obviously death plays a major part later so like i understand the introduction of of it as a character like it's it's all there to be good it just it's too much Mm -hmm. um and i don't know if they thought people wouldn't die as much which again could just be very likely you know (laughs) bad (laughs) yeah so i don't know it it ultimately turned a fun thing into like an obnoxious thing that kind of drove me crazy i agree well that's uh uh, under dungeon uh, a game we wanted to like and had some good ideas uh, but ultimately fell pretty flat for us so uh, uh, let's bring things up a little bit uh, by talking about some things that made us happy this week uh, neat anything make you happy this week <laughs> yeah so um, I've been I don't often talk about like TV shows on this because I don't I don't watch a lot of TV and I feel like you guys do a great job of recommending um great shows but I have been watching a Laura show. does not Laura me. yeah <laughs> that's, that's fair I don't watch enough TV either honestly yeah. uh but I have been watching something and so um if you've been listening to this show for a long time you've heard me talk off and on about my like slow journey through the entire Star Trek catalog um I've spent the last six years basically um watching star trek from the very beginning and i am into now um discovery and i've been watching everything from the beginning like in order in proper order etc but discovery hasn't really been clicking for me and so finally i thought you know what i'm gonna break my order i'm gonna go into one of the um star trek offshoots 
and I'm going to watch Lower Decks. Are you familiar with I'm Star familiar. Trek? I haven't watched any of it, but I've heard yeah. good things. And Reagan, I'm loving it. It has been a breath of fresh air as far as Star Trek goes. Um, it couldn't be any more unlike uh, like Discovery or Enterprise, you know, the, the um, recent shows. And it's really fun. It's really funny. Um, obviously, there's a lot of turmoil right now around the brand i'm about to drop but it has some people who were early from rick and morty involved Mm -hmm. in it um so it has uh the art style and some of the comedy is adjacent to like what rick and morty would be so i mean that to say like way more modern than what you normally get from star trek from a humor standpoint you know Mm -hmm. um so it's very modern in its comedy um it's really really funny and above all though it's a really good entry into the star trek world like it i think does a good job of still being a star trek show and because it's animated they can do whatever they want and they have some beautiful animation in this show it's one of the best parts of the whole thing is just how over the top and ridiculous they get with the animation um and like they get into all sorts of wild star trek style uh situations that a show wouldn't really be able to do, um, hmm. but they can do, uh, you know, on this cause it's animated. Like there's an episode where they encounter this goo that basically turns anything into a living element. And so having this goo attach itself to a, a starship and spread through the entire ship, turning everything into like, living creatures is wild and not something you could do in uh like a a live action tv show without an insane budget Uh, but for this show they're able to do it and it's a cool star trek idea and so i also like the perspective that you know the point of the show lower decks we're seeing all of star trek experiences from the perspective of people who just work like I just work here, bro, you know, <laughs> um, That's awesome. which is, I mean, they're, they're, they're still like main character tropes, you know, and you see a lot and they interact with like the bridge crew a ton, but it is still funny. Like a lot of the episodes are built around like, okay, today's trash day. So they have to go around and like clear all the trash out of the lower level of the, uh, of the starship that they're on, you know, because they're like, entry-level workers so they have all the bullshit jobs that have to happen on the ship and it's just kind of fun you know and i think they spend a lot of care to make sure that it still is in universe and like respectful of star trek's intent um and also it helps that's that's exciting because my my read on it was like this is a star trek parody you know when they showed and like i'm sure there is there's elements of parody of the other shows in it but it's encouraging to hear that it's actually making an effort to actually be a star trek as well well it's very self-aware so which is again that sort of modern style humor that i'm talking about where like so it, it takes place um it's in universe like not that long after i think i read it's supposed to be like three or four years after voyager so like all of those characters from star trek that most people know and love like deep space nine uh um obviously um next generation voyager all that they're like there and often doing uh cameos like Riker is 
in several episodes. And it really works too, because it's animation. So they can just have them be their normal young selves. <laughs> so these actors uh, that, you know, played these roles 30 years ago, can get Jonathan Frakes to phone in and he can do the voice over the phone. Yeah. <laughs> deal. Yeah. And like Q is there, you know, it's a bunch of the like characters that you like and it's just their voice. So it still works. They don't look like the old people that they've become, you know? Um, uh, and it, it like, they talk about, a bunch of shit that has happened in the previous series and kind of make fun of it or reference it. Like it really works having just watched a ton of all of the other Star Trek series. It's kind of like an homage to every other series while also just being like way dumber than any act. Like, <laughs> like Star Trek always takes itself so seriously, which I like. And this show is the opposite of that. Like it's going to make like poop jokes and stuff like that throughout it. And it works. So I've been really enjoying it. Molly and I've been re- watching it together. She's been really enjoying it. So uh, it's also not what I was expecting. I was kind of expecting it, like you were saying, to be more of a parody. Um, and it's not like it's not being mean to Star Trek. It actually is pretty loving towards like the universe that it's being ridiculous in. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, recommend it. Awesome. I, I don't have as good of a recommendation. Uh, in fact, I don't really have much of much of a recommendation for you this week. Um, but I was uh, the thing that's making me most happy. Nate, I already mentioned this to you. It's why you listeners may be hearing some background noises behind me in the uh, in the episode. Hopefully not too much is that I am getting a new hot water system. Hell yeah. My house. Yeah, so we've been having an issue with our hot water for a while. I live in a kind of a big uh, two-floor house with um, uh, the hot water heaters were up in the attic. uh, And we have like a dual tank hot water heater system thing. And it's it's a little old. And it was getting worse. Big flex coming here from Reagan with his two water tanks. Oh, yeah. No, it's not a big flex when apparently one of the two water heaters had been getting worse and worse and eventually stopped working entirely and um it just happened like right at the big it it got it had been getting slowly worse for a while we'd had some other issues with the water system and then right before the beginning of winter i think it just started getting way worse and i had chalked it up to well we know we've been having some issues with the hot water and sometimes it takes a really long time to get hot and also it's been getting colder and so maybe it's just not getting as hot because the water coming into the house is really cold and we were just sort of like slowly making excuses for our hot water being worse and worse and worse until finally recently we was just no denying it we were like getting into the shower turning the hot water all the way up to 100% hot and it was still kind of cold and just like nothing's working right man this sucks it was it wasn't totally yeah. cold but it was just like just warm enough where you're like, well, I guess this is okay, but like at a hundred percent hot on the dial, right? So finally called in some guys, you know, the plumbers came in, took a look and they're like, well, there's your problem. One of my two hot water heaters was completely failed and the other one was not keeping up. Um, it was just mixing 50, 50 hot and cold water every time I ran the hot water and, um, just a terrible experience. And so we finally decided to spend too much money and we're installing a, uh, like a, what do you call it? Um, like a tankless system. And I can't wait. I can't wait, man, <laughs> to just scald my ass tomorrow. Just pour it Hell on. Just yeah. turn me pink and red. Like mm. give me blisters. I want I the paid hot. For this. this is what I want. I paid That's for this. Right. 
So that's what's making me happiest right now. I'm kind of excited. It's right now there's guys in my attic replacing those two things. I've I've never been super comfortable with the idea that I had two large tanks of water sitting above my house. It just seemed bad from a gravity yeah. perspective and safety and like not destroying my house if one of them leaks or something. So I'm also glad from that perspective just to to not not have hundreds of pounds of water above my head all of the time yeah. anymore. And hey, listeners, listen, during the upcoming water wars, which we all know are coming, uh, <laughs> Reagan no longer has hundreds of gallons of waters uh, squirreled away in his attic. So don't come trying to eat him and his family in order to get to his precious, precious water. No, uh, we're just going to have like two gallons in each toilet tank and that's yeah. it. <laughs> so, I mean, you can still go and get all of his retro hardware, which will surely be valuable in our post-water uh environment but um you can't drink crts you you can't yeah (laughs) Uh, well i'm happy for you i'm happy for you that is um that sounds like quite the improvement i mean i can't wait that is that is like i think the 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 main reason to stay at a hotel at this point is the like seemingly unlimited hot water um and so you're you're getting that hotel experience in your own Mm -hmm. home I'm going to steam up the mirrors, man. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) So that's that's it for this week's short game. Uh, Thank you for joining us on this episode. That was just me and Nate. A good throwback to short game times of yore. Uh, We're going to be coming back next week with some great new games. It's been a good time recently. Uh, I'm not actually sure what we're covering next, but there's some really good stuff on our list of maybes. So uh, I'm excited to play games. Uh, We have some good new releases recently. Uh, And... um, yeah. Uh, find our show. We're on all the places. Easiest way to find all of our links to everything is to go to shortgame.omg.lol. And uh, that's a nice little page where you'll have links to subscribe on all the podcast apps. Uh, you'll have uh, links to all of our social media profiles, links to you know send us an email, whatever you want to do to contact the show, uh, to our Patreon. Our show is supported by you, the listeners on Patreon, patreon.com slash the short game. Uh, and every one of our listeners gets access, or excuse me, every one of our patrons gets access to our Discord server where we chit chat about the games that we're playing. We talk about upcoming episodes. Uh, we talk about episodes that have just come out. Uh, and uh, we just share generally uh, what's making us happy on there too. So it's a great place to come if you want to suggest a game or talk about the games we're covering on the show. Um, and you can support at just a dollar a month, or if you support at the five dollar a month level, I will send you some stickers, some short game stickers. Um, let's see, anything else? Uh, you can find me on Mastodon. I'm Reagan R A Y G A N at Bird Rodeo. Uh, and Nate, where can people find you? Well, I'm there on Mastodon now too, Reagan. I'm Nate at Bird Rodeo. What a normal uh, user handle. Bird <laughs> Rodeo. I love it. I am also still, at least for now, on Twitter at Nate STO. Yes. And listeners, well, oh, and of course, our show is on Twitter at underscore short game or on Mastodon at short game at zork.social. <laughs> and uh, once again, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of The Short Game. <laughs>